I never know which incense I'm going to burn. Just get them all out of the packet. And dude, fuck having a choice in life. You know what I mean? That's half the problem, right? If there's 20 things on the menu, you're like, oh, there's so many options. Like, I can't wait to pick the thing that I want. When there's three things on the menu, you're like, thank God. Do you give me the number two? You know what I mean? By the way, as a side note, Jesus Christ, just go back in the bag and stay in there. Fuck me. Everyone, I know I look like a little kid when I do shit like that, but everyone has that. Everyone has that in them. You know, we just like, mm, you know, just, mm, just work. So when you see someone having that moment, take the liberty to allow them to have that moment and to fully embody being a child who's not getting their way because that's you just living another reality. You know, that's that feeling being pushed out in a place that probably shouldn't be pushed out in public or whatever it might be because obviously you're seeing it in this person as someone you don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like the fucking older I get, the more um, empathetic I get towards humans in general. And I, I hate, I hate that I was so hard against this when I was younger and not against it, just more, I had differing ideas, you know, I thought there were better and worse people in this world, but I think it's actually a case of there are people in this world and they're all living a different experience, but essentially they're all the same thing, living a different experience. And we're all molded so much by the experiences we have as children and the experiences we have as adults that it's so hard to pass blame to anyone for for anything. And I know there's some horrendous things that people do in this world, but a lot of time it can be, you know, traced back to trauma. I don't think a lot of people are born evil. I don't think people are born bad. I think people are just born and then they have shit happen to them. And sometimes that shit can turn them into bad people. Sometimes that shit can turn them into the best people in the world. Uh, and sometimes good experiences can turn people bad and they can turn people better. Who knows? You know, I use the analogy just recently, you know, the father who had two sons and the father was an alcoholic and one of the sons never touched alcohol because he didn't want to be anything like his dad yet the other son turned to drinking alcohol just as much as his dad if not more because it ran in the family and that's what he saw his dad do so he replicated that and just that alone I mean that's a good example of how trauma can lead to the polar opposite or exactly history repeating itself and then you know cross-examine that with a universe where you know, that same family existed three times. One of them, the father was an alcoholic. One of them, the father never drunk alcohol at all. And one of them, the father had a good relationship with alcohol. And the two sons existed in each of the realities and the two sons had different outcomes in each of the realities because that is just how things are. And also, I mean, that begs the question of, well, those two sons, let's call them Daniel and Luke. Okay, so those two sons in each of the uh, different, what do we call them, universes or different timelines, Daniel and Luke, uh, do they act the same way if they were in a completely, exactly the same universe? Like if there was no differences, does Daniel act like Daniel does in the one universe as he does in the other universe? Or still is there, you know, freedom of like what you're going to do based on, you know, how you're feeling in that moment? I don't know. It's such a... It's an odd discussion. Anyway, we've got the podcast warmed up, so let's cut it from the top. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr. I would like to welcome you to the Black Ink Podcast. Today, we are celebrating episode 90. 
nine, zero, 10 episodes off 100. I have been DMing Gary V furiously once a week, twice a week for the past couple of months, uh, probably three months, saying, hey, I want you on my episode number 100. I can give you $100 cash. I can pay you in crypto. I can pay you in whatever you want. Just be on my podcast for 15 minutes because I don't know if you have figured this out yet, but a lot of what I do is based off the recommendations that Gary V gives. I literally started a podcast to add depth to my brand so then I could have clips that I could take out and post on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram so I could promote the brand further. Everything that I do for Black Ink, all of these events that you see popping up left, right, and center, these are all instances where I can go out and collect content and I can turn that content into marketing tools for these social media platforms to continue growing my name for the business. Now, of course, I do these physical events so I can actually meet people that are buying Black Ink and I can engage with people physically and I can, for the fucking, the the coolest part about all of this is that, man, this incense is fucking me up. The coolest part about all of this is I actually am building somewhat of a community now. Like I've always talked about building a community, but I'm now experiencing it. So if I go and walk down the main street, which I had just recently uh, in this past week, I was actually riding my bike to go and see someone. I forget what it was. Anyway, I crossed a mate who was walking. So I did a lap of the block and I pulled up my Harley and I just started walking with him. And then he coincidentally was getting picked up by another guy that I know. And I had a little bit of a chat with him when I saw him. And then as I was leaving that car park to walk back to my motorbike, I had someone, hey, JK, you going out the window as they're driving past? I was like, hey. And then would you believe as I'm just about to exit the car park, I hear another way, hey, Jake, what's going on? Go over there and have a chat. Now, I'm not bragging about how fucking popular I am. A little bit. I'm just saying I'm now at the point where I have marketed myself so much that that is a natural response that you're going to get. And especially in Bunbury, it's a small town. Because I had four people engage with me in that 10-minute block. I probably had another fucking four or five people see me and not want to say anything because they're like, oh, that's the guy who posts all the fucking podcasts and shit. Which I'd like to talk about, actually. I've had an interesting uh, situation happen in the past. Well, it actually started about an hour after I recorded my last podcast, episode 89, where I was talking about making decisions in your life based around how you feel and making sure that you're making decisions that best suit your feelings. So if you're feeling a particular way, that you don't appreciate, that you don't enjoy, then taking actionable steps in your life to try and work away from that and work towards an an outcome or a future where you feel good about your decisions, about your lifestyle, about the things that are happening. And after I just broke that down, and, and, and essentially, don't forget, these podcasts are exercises for me to be able to speak as well clearly and as structured as I can to a camera, not have any anxiety, and just work on that kind of muscle of being able to talk on camera. So a lot of the times this is a like mediation session between me and my thoughts. Because of course to say them out loud means that I have to sign my name to them. It has to say that I believe in this. I have to agree that what I'm saying is how I feel and back it up with a certain amount of reason or logic. And so after kind of, you know, having that what do you call it where you sit down with someone a uh you know like a counselor counselor or something. Oh, what are they called? You know, we sit down with a psych You talk about your problems and not your problems, you just talk about how you're feeling and they give you some tools or some ideas to help you work through those particular feelings. And after doing this with myself and the camera last week, I had the most bizarre of events happen. And only for the discretion of the person who who I was involved with in this particular instance, I'm not going to 
say what was said, who it was, where it happened or what it was about. But it's definitely led me to having a really long, hard think about the process that I have created for myself and that I'm continuing to move forward, that I'm building momentum with. And I really defend this process. A, because I've tried a lot of things and a lot of things didn't work. And B, because when I say things are working now, that result is directly represented by how much money I am making. So if you've listened to all 89 episodes, you know that I've done my fair share of having fuck all to my name in the name of building Black Ink. I've definitely had my fair share of letting Larissa pay for uh, shopping and groceries. I've gone with that, you know, standard things that you get yourself, new socks, new shoes, uh, any sort of comfort you can imagine, any sort of fucking whatever you want to call it, anything bar what I needed to live, which I really did break down to literally just food and shelter and an internet connection so I can grow my business. I haven't used any new equipment. I've done everything that I possibly can on my phone and the laptop that I already had. And up until about four months ago, I did everything through a fucking hotspot on my phone. Like I literally recently got internet in my house, which has allowed me to, you know, obviously just, it's not even allowed me to do more. It's just given me so much more time and energy back because after you hotspot your phone to your laptop fucking a million times, you'll appreciate that even though it takes 20 seconds, it's 20 seconds that you got to fucking do five times a day. And if you're doing an upload on YouTube on your computer of a fucking 45 minute podcast, that's just zapping the internet out of your phone. It's just taking so much longer than what it should. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. the whole point is I have grown this using a very kind of not basic, but I've broken, broken everything down to the kind of like finest points. The steps that I kind of use now, the steps that I replicate, you know, week in, week out, month in, month out are now showing me such obvious results that to me, it's not a question. To me, all I have to do is continue refining this process so that I'm making sure that the majority of my work is actually moving the needle, that I'm not wasting too much time. Because in business, that's what everything is kind of broken down to, how efficiently you can make money with your time. One thing that I registered through thinking about all of this and trying to appropriate whether the process that I'm doing is correct or whether there's room for me to grow or whether I'm being too stubborn or whether I'm not being stubborn enough, I realized something. I'm in a really interesting position because I've said as long as I've been doing this now, this Black Ink Project reboot the past 12 months, that in Bunbury, I have no competition. And to the little brands that are, you know, to the little t-shirt brands and all the rest here in Bunbury that, you know, you guys know who you are. I'm not going to mention you, but to all those guys, I'm, I don't mean any disrespect. I just have no competition. Realistically, your customers are never gonna be my customers. The people that I'm appealing to, I feel like I'm not even trying to sell them t-shirts. I'm not trying to get them to come on motorbike rides. I'm trying to get them on board with being a Bunbury local. I'm trying to build this sort of online character this online persona of this guy that is the caricature of black ink. And in that, there's no one else doing what I'm doing. I mean, shit, when I was selling dick, pic, dick pics on OnlyFans, oh, not just dick pics, but you know what I mean, there was another guy in Bunbury doing that. I literally had competition. He's got 250,000 followers. I had the ultimate co competition. But this here, I have no fucking competition. I think a lot of my success 
if you want to call it success, and we're going to call it success for the lack of you know a better word at the moment, but sorry, maybe even achievement. Everything that I've achieved so far is because I'm reasonably new or I'm doing something reasonably different to what everyone's done in the past. And because of that, people are responding to it. And this looks, you know, super different to a lot of different people, depending on how you first kind of engaged or came across or interacted with me or Black Ink. Maybe you saw me on the coffee van years ago. Maybe you saw a pod clip. Maybe you saw a whole podcast. Maybe you listened to a podcast before you saw any of the other shit. Maybe you saw someone wearing black ink and had a conversation about, you know, where's that tattoo shop? And then went through all the bullshit of finding out black ink isn't a tattoo shop. Or maybe I commented on one of your things and you ended up going onto my profile and like, oh yeah, bikes, chicks, skids, tees, Bunbury, cool, I'm in. However it was, it was a different medium than what most people are using. And there are a lot of people doing what I'm doing all over the world but there's no one doing it in Bunbury. And for me, there is no limit on what I can do to promote my business. For me, if I got onto the front page of the newspaper because I did 260 kilometers an hour through that set of lights that has a red light camera on it just outside Sparkler's car wash, and I ended up on the front page of the paper, that would be the biggest fucking marketing win you can imagine because on that speed ticket, you're gonna see down in the fucking left-hand corner my number plate saying black ink. Hey, I win, right? Doing a spicy wings eating challenge. Oh, I win. Doing a review on a farm stay out in Donnybrook. I win. Okay. It doesn't matter what it is for me. As long as I'm doing something where I can get some set of eyes on me doing it, I win. And obviously, going back to kind of where we started, this is a very Gary V mentality. Just do whatever you can do to get, and obviously not do whatever you can do to get your eyes on you. Make it appropriate, make it timely, and make sure it's contextual to what you're trying to achieve. But at the same time, don't let anything be scary. Don't let anything be like out of your reach. And if the first thing your brain says, well, we couldn't do that, then fucking why not? Instead of batting for the comfort side of your brain, you need to start fielding out in the dangerous zone. Like, honestly. Because take eating spicy wings on camera. I did, you can't practice that. I don't like spicy food. Dude, go back and watch that. You can see my body immediately responds by giving me like hiccup after hiccup after hiccup after hiccup, which I still push through on camera with people watching me do that behind the camera, like all to perform. And then I pull out a fucking story of me fucking... Getting, uh, no, I do. The story that I pulled out was getting uh, parasites in Colombia, right? What the fuck, man? What the fuck? I didn't know I could do that until I had done it. Like, I thought I was going to pull out of that at one wing, and I ended up eating all six of the wings. I know it sounds like I'm bragging right now, but you get this. You know, you know, you listen to my podcast. You know what I'm doing. I'm just leveling with you. I'm telling the experience that I'm having. I didn't know that that was possible, and then I did it. And then, all, oh shit. and then all of a sudden, you start looking around at everything like, well, what exactly is possible? And I think Steve Jobs had a really good quote about it. We're born, we're brought up in this world thinking that that's just the way it is. But everyone who changed the world is no different from you. And then I start to look around and I think, well, Daniel Bradshaw and Street X is such a close, reachable, touchable thing that gives me so much hope that like, 
I can do something cool with a t-shirt brand. It doesn't have to be the biggest brand in the world. It doesn't have to be the fucking hottest shit. It doesn't have to be the most expensive or makes the most money. But you can build something because this motherfucker built something. He did it with his friends. And I'm not saying it didn't come with a lot of professional advice and a lot of hard work and all the bullshit that goes with owning a business. The main thing is that he did it and he's a person and I'm a person. Interesting. Interesting. I remember when he started doing uh, really interesting marketing, like he'd dress up as a real estate agent and did it like kind of did a promo in his shop as if he's a real estate agent, like speak to me about property, rah, rah, rah. He did the billboard. He did the thing where he was like standing in budgie smugglers doing the double buys. Obviously, he's pumped the, the they know tagline as much as he possibly can, like really fucking cool depth. Like I love how lateral that made his business because it turned from just like, oh, a straight X shirt to now people in that community can identify each other by just saying they know, they know, they know, right? I don't even wear street X. I've never been in the shop. I've never deemed myself as cool enough or rich enough to own any of the stuff that he sells. And I'm sure I sell shirts that are more expensive than his sometimes. But at the same time, how brilliant is that marketing? And how freeing is that as a fucking concept that a guy who sells t-shirts was on a billboard in budgie smugglers pulling double buys. He is the face of his brand and he is the face of his brand exactly how he fucking wants to. That's brilliant. And for me, I feel like I've waited my whole fucking life for this. It's crazy, you know, I think about this all the time. It's so easy to get in the day-to-day-to-day-to-day-to-day and you're like, oh yeah, I'm just doing the day-to-day shit. This is what I do, you know. But I'm still in a moment of what the fuck is going on? Like I wake up, I wake up and, I, and you know, I've got work to do and I know what I've got to do and I get to it and I get doing it. But at the same time, sometimes I have to like stop and go, oh, fuck. You know what you're not doing is driving a truck. You're not making coffees. You're not doing bullshit you don't want to do. You're not dealing with them with a management system that you know is faulty from the personnel up. You're dealing with your problems. So crazy. I feel like 10-year-old me would be so fucking stoked looking at 29-year-old me recording his 80th podcast. 90th. Did I say, yeah, 90th podcast. Dude, see? What the fuck? What's, what's going on? Right. Let's talk about the last week as far as things that have actually happened that affect the community. I would like to officially announce that the best T, spelt B-E-S, T, because it's a T-shirt, is going to officially be released this Monday coming. I don't exactly know the date. Let's say it's the 4th, maybe. The best tea is a black tea with a small, simple print on the front. I'm not giving too much away because as of right now, it is still sight unseen by all of those who have bought it in pre-sale and all of those who have been sent exclusive links. Now, if you haven't seen it on Instagram or anything at all, that is because uh, you didn't respond to the story or you're not part of my regular buyers list. And if by chance you have slipped through the cracks and you are one of those people, you either responded to the story or you are one of my regular buyers, DM me right fucking now because there is literally three t-shirts left as this podcast is being recorded on Monday, the 20 something of March, 2022. It's like 27th or 28th. But probably wondering what story you're talking about. And this is a cool part, okay? So I released a story on Tuesday saying, hey guys, anyone who's interested in getting the next tea half price on pre-sale, let me know. There's a poll right here. So I had heaps of people respond yes. I think I had uh, 40 or 50 people respond yes. Super cool. And basically, 
what I did is I messaged all those people saying, hey, just so you know, you've selected yes for the first 20 people, obviously, because there's only 20 of these tees being released because it's part of the 20 tees in 2022 that are only printed 20 times. Each of them have a unique ID numerical tag on the inside representing which tee out of 20 they are. Uh, so the first 20 people I said, you are like the, the, the exclusive first 20. Just, just reply yes if you want me to send you the link to the 50% off pre-sale tee. It's gonna be sight unseen. All I'm telling you is that it's a simple print. There's only one print on it. And then everybody after those 20 got the same message, but they said your position, whatever it was in line. Long story short, 15 have sold. Uh, two, two are kind of like put aside because one ends up on the wall for me and I also keep one for myself, which means that there are three available. Three available. I haven't even put this shit on pre-sale. This is just like the pre-pre-sale. And I get it. You're thinking, hey, Jake, you only sold 15 of them because you did it half, you know, half price. Um, that's 15 people who signed up to buy a shirt with their money. They've already paid me for this, right? They signed up to buy a shirt with their money, regardless of if it's 30 or if it's $60. They signed up and they paid me because they trust me that fucking much that they're going to want this shirt when it's released. Now that says something about my business. Again, not bragging, I'm just saying. Because don't forget the field tee that I released in January this year. Oh, I sold four of them. I sold four of them. You know, I've sold a few more now. People are kind of starting to understand that how, why it was cool and how Bunbury's not quite there yet to appreciate why it's cool. But that's all cool. I sold a few more now, but I saw sold four of them. And then the Valentine's Day tee, that fucking slapping design with the heart on the front. It's got the big, you know, the girl on the back with the beautiful roses that says lovers over the top and black ink underneath, like Mwah, of a tee released in black and white. Oh, I sold seven of them. And what's that? The fuck everything tee? Sold out. Oh, shit. Sold out. Sold out. And there's only 20 of each of these tees. So, you know, it's not that, I mean, if it was a hundred T's, that's impressive and all the rest. And I, I don't know, this is like the imposter syndrome shit because this time last year, if I had said to myself like, okay, I'm going to try sell 20 T's, it would have been like, yeah, that's easy. You can sell 20 T's piece of piss. You, to sell 20 T's every two weeks is extremely fucking hard because sure, you're going to have some people that say they're going to buy every T, they buy two of them and they're like, I don't have 60 bucks to spend on this kind every two, two weeks. What are we doing? And then that means that essentially, if you're going to sell 20 tees 20 times over in one year, that's 400 tees. You essentially have to find 350 customers because 350 customers are going to buy one tee and then 50 customers will buy multiples, whether it's every single one, two of, or anything in between. So it's an interesting thing that I'm building for Black Ink. And I must admit, I have thought about pulling the cord on this 20 tees in 2022 and 20 of each of them once or twice, because obviously with the first two, it didn't land at all. The idea wasn't sinking. And I think even now, like I've experienced in this past week, I've had one diehard fan go back and buy the field tee and buy the Valentine's Day tee because they didn't realize that all of the tees were numbered. Every single tee that gets released this year is going to be numbered. So it's a you know, he's gone back and got them so that he has one of each and like, that's fucking cool. So this whole year for me is basically building this brand 
as an exclusive base brand. So everything that I do is in limited numbers. And this is what everyone starting a t-shirt business thinks they're gonna do. The reality of how to actually execute that is insanely difficult because if you don't have the production gear to do it, then it's hugely expensive to do. And then it makes the whole exercise really time and energy and financially costly. So you end up feeling like the brand's moving nowhere, even though you might be selling these tees. It's only when I can control the production side of things that I can justify this whole project and basically set myself up for next year and the year after, rather than focusing on trying to make money every week or every time I have a release to keep myself fed, because I have all this production gear and I'm using it for business to business transactions means that, you know, business Joe Blogs comes along and says, hey, can you print our uniforms? We need 50 of these in two weeks. You go, yeah, sure. Those 50 uniforms then pay for your food, they pay for your shopping, they pay for your bills. So that that 20 shirt, I, that 20 shirt cap, you know, uh, those 20 shirts that I'm gonna release next, I can spend money on the design. I can spend money on trying different shirts. I can spend money on the application, whether it's DTG or transfers or screen print. I can do them properly, I can take my time, and I can set everything up effectively so when the dominoes start to fall, they all fall in line. It's beautiful. And now it's starting to fucking work. And I'm just at a point where I can breathe out. And this, of course, makes me wonder, am I being too stubborn? Are the processes that I have in place not flexible enough? And I think they're just fucking fine. I think I've got learning to do. And in reality, every time I learn something, I realize that there's two things that I don't know. So the further I get down this rabbit hole, the more I realize I know absolutely nothing about what I am doing. And I like to boost myself up and give myself confidence and say, no, you're a, you're a young professional in the apparel game. Dude, you're a guy with a fucking screen printer and a heat press. Like, calm down. You've literally been doing this for 10 minutes. The only real success you've had is on social media. And even then, you've got 2,500 followers. So calm down, okay? But, <clears throat> hey, what do I know? But, the best tea... <clears throat> Yeah, and by the way, it's called the best tea because I actually I actually made this tea a little while ago and I did a one of one print and everyone knows Seb. Anyone who follows my Instagram account knows Seb. He's the one who does the wheelies and the burnouts and all the crazy shit and has to lean his bike right over to get it started. No no one knows why. But I made the shirt for him a while ago and he said, you know, I fucking really like this shirt, don't ever make it for anyone else. And I was like, Yeah, no, nah, of course I won't. So somehow it ended up in the rotation of what was going to be released this year. And I said to him, I said, look, I'm going to release 20 of these teas. I'm really sorry. Obviously there's going to be 21 in existence and you got the first one. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you, man. Fuck you. And I said, well, here's the constellation or the con, 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 what is it? Constellation? No, that's the stars. Here's the, I don't know what it is. You know, the payoff. I said, look, dude, I'm going to call this thing the best tea. And he's like, I don't give a fuck what you call it. I said, man, best is Seb backwards. He liked that. He liked that. So if you're wondering where the name come from for that one, it's because it is Seb spelt backwards. It's Seb's tea. So I had to give him a little bit of fucking props in the name at least, you know? Now, on to something very fucking exciting, okay? Last Easter Sunday, I had around 700 followers on Instagram and I took to those 700 followers and said, guys, I'm teaming up with the team at Lost Bills. 
We're gonna put on an Easter Sunday sesh starting at 5 p.m. We're gonna have a Black Ink signature cocktail. We're gonna have things you can win on the night. We're gonna have a couple tees up on the wall. It's gonna be fun. Come down, show your, show your support and all the rest. And I had a really good turnout considering. I think I probably had about 30 people in total from Bunbury show up. I had five boys ride down from Perth on their Harley show up. Uh, you know, just had a really good night. All wrapped up around 10, 11 o'clock. Ended up back at their uh, caravan park where they were staying and had a couple of drinks there and some cigarettes and went home. Beautiful night. That last part of the story was super un uh, unessential, but I went there anyway. So I really didn't think much about it. Uh, up until obviously this past week when uh, the my kind of focus has been on how can I make cool physical events for people where they can come down and engage with Black Ink, maybe get something for free, maybe purchase something, just feel like a little more involved in the community because I feel like a lot of people feel involved through the Instagram, through the engagement and interactions online, but these physical spaces are really cool because let's just take going out on a Friday night, for example, there seems to be nothing better than people who know me online coming up and saying like, hey, I know you online, I fuck with all your stuff, rah, rah, rah. And it's like, that's really cool. I'm out to do a very particular thing right now. And usually it's catch up with someone or drink because as you guys know, drinking isn't really my thing. So I would love to make space for that communication and that conversation. And whether that's at a markets on a Sunday morning or whether that's a, you know, an afternoon after, you know, on a school night or something where I set up something cool and people can come down and get banners on their cars or buy exclusive t-shirts, whatever it might be. <coughs> the point is, and as referenced earlier in this podcast, that creating these spaces where people can come down and do things gives me a chance to get content and obviously market that on my social media. So it's a win, win, win. Anyway, I was talking to Riz and she says, why don't you do another Easter Sunday sesh? And I was like, no, nah, oh, oh, wow. How far away is Easter? Let's start planning. So of course I fucking get to the messaging to see like, okay, who'd be interested in, in helping out? Who wants to do this? What, what would it kind of look like? Where should we host it? Are we going to do it at the same time, same place? And basically I came to a conclusion in my mind that I'm at least going to host some sort of event on Easter Sunday. Now, as this podcast is being recorded, we don't have a location locked in place. We're still in discussions with a few different people as to what the event is going to look like and where it's going to happen. But one thing I can tell you is Easter Sunday, you need to save the date because from about 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, we are going to be celebrating in style. Okay? Now, a little change from last year. I'm going to have giveaways for people who rock up. I'm going to have giveaways for like the 20th, the 50th, and the 75th person in the door. I'm going to have exclusive shirts that you'll be able to buy nowhere else but at the Easter Sunday session, which means that if they are not sold there and then, I'm going to put them away and never speak of them again because I'm not going to sell them on my website. I'm not going to sell them on Instagram. They are purely for that event and they're going to be such limited numbers. I'm thinking somewhere between three and six t-shirts, somewhere an amount where I'll definitely sell them all. I'm going to have purchasable items. I don't want to give away too much because these items are going to be things that I've never done before. They're going to be super fucking cool and they're going to be super limited as well. Now these items, if they don't sell, will probably end up on the website because they're going to start a line of kind of new accessories that are going to, are going to be available through Black Ink in the future. So this is just kind of a taster. I'm going to let people obviously get in on the ground floor. They're going to be a little bit cheaper than what they're going to be on the website on the night just to kind of promote those sales and get them turning over. But the exciting part is I'm going to have some different, let's just call them accessories 
for sale on the night. Now, obviously I'm going to have a signature cocktail or two to make the whole event spicy and to make it black ink themed. I'm definitely uh, leaning down the espresso martini route that we took last year because I feel like espresso martini is so on brand and on point for black ink given our history that what else am I going to go with? And the second cocktail is probably just going to be something like a vodka and lemonade because that's all I can really handle when I'm drinking in public. So, you know, got to make sure my drinks are cheap. But the whole event, I'm also, oh, wow, sorry, forgot the coolest part. I've got four local artists that are creating commission pieces for the wall, right? So for the wall of the event that we're at, there's going to be pieces of art that you can purchase that are black ink themed and that are created by local artists. So what this means is you can purchase a little slice of black ink history that no one else, including myself, will ever own, okay? So these pieces of artwork are gonna be for sale and very reasonably priced. This has been one stipulation that I put in place for all of the people that are being a part of this little project, those four artists. The prices have to be very reasonable, so it's not like you're gonna be paying four or $500 for a piece of art. But the idea is you get something that is so one-off and so specialized to black ink that it's kinda of gonna be worth more than what you're gonna pay for it anyway, okay? Because just in case you don't know, I'm taking this shit to the moon, okay? Bet on it. So. If they don't sell on the night, those pieces of art will end up on the Black Ink website for a little bit more than what they're advertised for on the night, purely because I'll be taking a commission for selling it on my website. But here's the cool part for the artists. Those artists that have their art hanging there on the night theme for Black Ink, 100% of the money that is made on that sale goes back to the artist. So I'm taking none of that, right? I'm trying to include as many local businesses and local creatives as I can in this event because for me, this isn't about blowing up black ink. This is about blowing up the fucking community. This is about people talking to each other. This is about people that you've only ever seen on Instagram and now you get to see them face to face and who knows, that might be someone who's your fucking friend. <laughs> that might be someone who you hang out with in the future and that is worth more than buying a t-shirt off me. That's what the shit is all about. Man. So. Do me a favor, keep Easter Sunday free for me because we're gonna be going on a little ride during the afternoon. Seb's gonna be hosting the ride. That's completely out of my hands. I will be there. There'll be some, you know, all the usual black ink names are gonna be there. So if you even wanna come down and just fucking meet the crew, do that. If you ride a motorbike, please join us. All bikes are welcome. We're going from the ride. We're gonna ask that you go home. We don't want any bikes at the bar only because we know what Black Ink crew are like. You'll get a couple of beers and yet wanna be doing burnouts up and down the main street and that fucks the whole event. Look, I want you to do that. Of course I do, but you can't do it because it does fuck the whole event. It's kinda of like when you go out for a night on the town and one of the boys like gets in a fight and you're like, well that fucks everyone's night. You know what I mean? Because even if we don't have to go home, now we're stuck talking about dickheads fight for the rest of the night. Burnouts are much the same. They're cool as fuck. We love doing them. We love watching them. We love the smell of them, everything about them. But you know who hates them? Society. So we just got to play the fucking game. Park your bike up at home while you're sober. Come have a good time with us. Buy some artwork off the wall. Maybe win a prize or two. Walk out with some cool accessories. Hey, the night's going to be great. Just keep it free. Bring a friend with you. Someone who fucks with black ink or somebody who doesn't know black ink at all. Come down and have a fucking good time with us because that is the plan on Easter Sunday this April the 17th. Right. 
Talking about community, one thing that I've really fucked with this week as well is I had my second proper outing with the Bunbury roller skating crew. I don't know what they're called. So basically, there's just like every Wednesday night, they meet down on Jetty Road and they go for a skate up and down the jetty. Then they go for a bit of a loop up to like where Dome has opened up there. So Dome on the waterfront used to kind of be next to MASH. Now it's up in that new kind of apartment building that's just been built. Go up there, we fuck around on the bridge, do some skills, do some turns, this and that. It really is every skill level. Obviously, your boy's a fucking wizard when he's around people because he's been skating my whole life. All good. But there's everyone from just put on skates last week to been skating for 15 years. Every skill level, everybody is welcome. And it's one of those things where like, in all honesty, for me, it probably doesn't go as far as I'd like or exert as much energy as I'd like because, you know, compare it to the skates up in Perth where there's 50 people and you can make an adventure out of every skate because there's just so much going on and so much to see and so many roads and shit. Whereas in Bunbury, you know, we've got six or seven or eight people and a few of them are on longboards, few of them are on rollerblades, few of them are on roller skates. It's just a different environment. But the thing that I've noticed the most from this environment is these people talk to one another. And I know it sounds silly, but they actually talk to one another. The only thing that is consistent with these people The only thing that is consistent is that they all want to be doing something on wheels for that hour and a half of their week. And I find that fucking beautiful because all of a sudden I'm talking to someone who I never would have spoken to unless I was in this situation. And I've found that all of those feelings that we all have before you do something, you know, I think a part of being alive in 2022 is having that that chest pain of like, oh, I've got to go into public. Oh, I've got to talk to people. Oh, I've got people are going to see me. People are going to look at me. All those feelings that everyone has. I feel like all of those feelings are worth it when you're having that conversation with that stranger, right? Essentially a stranger. And I remember this week particular, and my apologies if anyone who was skating with me is watching this and feels uncomfortable with me talking about you, but you know, you're all good people. So just fucking deal with it. But a new bloke down there, I forget his name. I think it might be Mitch. It's probably not, but let's call him Mitch. Uh, Mitch asked me what I do. Now, interesting thing, Mitch, and everyone who asked me what I do. uh, Well, firstly, before I answer, I want you to think, like, what do you think I do? Like, what do you think Black Ink is? And if you were me, how do you explain Black Ink to someone else? So, you know, I kind of had the awkward, like, okay, here's a breakdown of everything that I do in two minutes, right? So it's like, essentially, it's a t-shirt brand. Uh, It's a t-shirt brand that branched off into having to kind of purchase all my own production equipment to justify the the whole kind of project. Otherwise, I guess it just gets too costly and you can't really move forward with it. And then through that, I'm now doing a lot of business to business work where I produce apparel for other people and that's kind of branched into helping people create content for their social media. And I now also do a lot of like digital asset creation, social media management. And then behind all of that is the passion project that is Black Ink. And obviously that is the main concern when it comes down to it. That's the thing that I'm trying to do and everything's fueling that, but that's what I do in a whole. And he was just so fucking excited to hear that. You know, he was so excited And, you know, I don't know, obviously there's a little bit of being a human and having someone who's fucking with what you're fucking with and you're like, yeah, like, cool, I feel good, you know? But it was just the fact that this dude had no reason to be excited about what I'm doing 
there was nothing that he was gonna it's not like he knows about black ink in the in the shadows and he's trying to like get a free t-shirt out of me he was just excited to hear about someone doing something and that made me so fucking genuinely interested as to what he did and then he told me i'm a physio right? i work with people with disabilities i do this day to day here are some of the problems that i face here are some of the things that i enjoy about my job you know and all this came from conversation he didn't just tell me all that from the get-go because that's fucking weird right well, I, I would appreciate that, the, but the majority of people, if, you know, they they came up with a, um, you know, here's, here's where I find the most benefit from the occupation that I'm in and here's the struggles that I have in right, right. And that's all in the first sentence. A lot of people would be like, hey, man, you answered heaps of questions I didn't ask. All good. But then also being like a, an over-the-top logical male who really appreciates problem solving and discussion, I'd probably be like, oh, well, fuck yeah, I understand you on such an awesome level now that there's heaps of conversation we don't have to have because I know it would be pointless because you actually, you really like X, Y, and Z. And I can tell that not because of what you told me, but in the manner that you told it to me, right? But it made me so curious about what he did because anyone who has that much excitement about what I'm doing must have some shit that they get excited about. And he did. He's a physio. He's probably younger than me and he's fucking so much more smarter than me. Like it, that takes a certain amount of faith and, and like action, I guess, that in that he's been through some sort of struggle to receive something at the end, to be able to do something with his career or occupation, whatever you want to call it. That now he's in a position where he's like, oh, here's a person taking another track that's going to end up somewhere like what I've achieved in that it's going to have some sort of achievement in it, you know? And I just thought it was so fucking cool that that existed in my hometown and I've been avoiding it for some reason. And I don't mean avoiding as in that event has been happening and I'm like, oh, I don't want to go. I mean, it's only just started. I think that was the second or third time it's actually properly happened and I've been there every time. But just the idea that there's these community things that we can do and for the sake of the conversation, the easiest example is going to church. You know, going to church is just going to a building at one time every week, the same time every week, same place, and just getting together and practicing being, you know, practicing a particular way of living life. And that includes being really nice to one another and listening to one another and practicing good virtues to one another and reminding yourself what it's all for. What are we working towards? What are we trying to be? What are we trying not to be? Man, community's fucking wild. And ever since like this whole capitalist mentality kind of set in, I don't know, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, the movement away from communities and into like, what can I do to make another 50 cents on this is crazy. It has us living these crazy lives. We're in neighborhoods and don't know our neighbors. You know, we fear each other instead of like trying to help each other. We think the worst of people immediately before we want to assume that they're helping us. You know, and it's not until you're rollerblading with another stranger rollerblading. Well, he was on a longboard, you know, where in that instance, I mean, I may as well be up on a stage in my underwear. Like rollerblading is the gayest shit you can do. As soon as you've got on rollerblades, you, you fucking hand away your right to say a smart ass comment to anyone. Because, hey, bro, you're on rollerblades, you know. But having that conversation with him was like, man, this is actually kind of nice. I fuck with this. And even though they don't do the skate that I want to do and all the, I'll be back next week and I'll be back the week after and I'll push the fuck out of that community growing because there's something to it. There's something to belonging to that. 
And there's something also pretty cool about knowing every Wednesday night, I've got an engagement that I'm going to go do. It wants me as much as I want it, you know? Gives me something to look forward to. Gives me a reason to not let bullshit stand in the way. Like, oh, no, I can't do that Wednesday afternoon because I have this on Wednesday night and I don't want to be too tired for whatever it might be. That's good. It's healthy. It's nice. Fun things happened this week. I pre-pre-released a shirt that's basically 75% sold out. I looks like I recreated this Easter Sunday sesh again for this year and it's going to be fucking twice if not triple as good as last year. I'm trying to add so many cool layers to it that for anyone who comes, it's just going to be not the best experience possible, obviously, because no, the best experience I can possibly create. That's exactly what I'm going for. That's exactly what I'm going for. You know? And this week started with someone calling me pathetic and saying they would have bet on my success up until that point because I was being too stubborn. That's all right. Doesn't matter. Just be good to your mum. Because I'm out. Yo!